Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Tavara Johnson. And you know me, I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have a special guest with, with me. She is the friendship enthusiast and she will be sharing some of her journey as to how she would have made an impact in the various spheres of influences that God would have given to her. And so I want to welcome Samantha Liberal to the show. And indeed, it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about our conversation. And yes, I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> awesome. Me too. I'm, I'm really, really excited. Of course, I have a copy of your amazing bio, but I just want you to let our listening audience know just a little bit of who Samantha Liberal is. Well, yes, so my name is Samantha D. Liberal. I am uh, a friendship coach, a certified friendship coach, and also known as the Friendship Enthusiast. I'm the founder of um, Peer Friendships, which is a ministry and friendship movement that is super, super dear to my heart. Um, I talk everything friendship, both personally and professionally. So I do friendship coaching. I give advice. I, I also give and speak on God's heart towards friendship because I believe that that's a major part of, you know, us connecting with other people. I believe that God has um, designated divinely people for us to run into throughout our journey in life for specific reasons and seasons, and it's really up to us to be wise and to have the character in order to take advantage of those encounters. So I really try to, you know, help people build friendships and look at friendships in such a different way so that they can gain the fruit and the favor that's supposed to come from those encounters. Wow, that's definitely amazing. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely believe that friendships are, you know, it, 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 it's key. You know, of course, it's, your, mm-hmm. it's, it's also your network or more or less to your net worth, right? Because we need, we need mm-hmm. people, we need friends. And so, for me, I mean, to, I've never heard about a friendship coach or a friendship enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Of course, until I started following you, and I want to know, like, what what led you to become a friendship coach or even a well, you know, a friendship enthusiast? Like, is there a particular event that happened to get you to that place? Yeah, so it's so funny because. Um, people are usually waiting for me to, like, give them this sad story because we're so used to, like, oh, I took my perp- my pain and turned it into purpose. And granted, there was, um, you know, there was a season for pain in order for my purpose to grow and become what it is now, but that is not the original um, intent of me starting this movement. I had amazing friends. Um, I've always been the social butterfly, the person that always wanted people to come together. Like, I literally enjoy a social life. And so since I was always that girl, I didn't know that I was, like, the friendship girl. And and people would come to me as a mediator in friendship groups because they knew that I was most level-headed and I would see all perspectives. So I've always been that girl. And being that I, I grew up as a single child, up until the age of 11, mm-hmm. I literally, 
I, I took my my friendships serious. When I would go to school, like this, these were my sisters, these were my brothers or whoever I met at school. So I enjoyed going to school being the only child. And so that's why I valued friendship just a little bit differently. Um, but as I started uh, this movement back in 2016, actually, yeah, 2016, God told me to start a friendship movement ministry, and I ignored it for two years. And you know how it gets when <laughs> your, your spirit's telling you to do something and you don't listen. And so, yeah, so by 2018, it really got under my butt. And I was like, okay, I have to do this. This is what God is calling me to do. And he kept showing me different things and confirming different things. And so I decided to to find um, – to, to, to start Pure Friendships after a seven-day dry fast. Like, I had no food, no water for seven days. I don't know how I did it then. It was definitely the grace of God. But because it's so hard for me to do that now, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do that. Now I can do three days, but child, that seven days is funny. But, <laughs> but it literally led me to uh, starting Pure Friendships and uh, at first, when I started Pure Friendships, I was just like, I'm going to talk about friendship and how God loves friendship. And then God just started showing me not just the personal side, but the professional side of friendship and what he wants to do with people as they relate personally and as they relate in the marketplace together professionally. So um, that's when I, I heard God say, you're a friendship coach, you know, and then I heard God say, you're the friendship enthusiast, very specific. And he was very, very intentional on how um, all those things came about. And I just ran with it. I ran with it and continued to be obedient to to study, to position myself to be equipped with what I already know through experience and what I learned, of course, biblically and educationally to help people see things from a different perspective. So that's how I got here. <laughs> wow. That is true. Yes, yes. You know, um, the thing about it is like you – I. I I'm glad that you're being that you're being transparent in terms of really sharing that. Okay, well, God gave this gave this to me 2016. I didn't do anything until 2018 because you know sometimes mm-hmm. at least you may have some of those tuning in and they're struggling with their purpose or they're struggling with the fact that you know, hey, I believe God gave me this this thing, but for whatever reason, you know how we do, <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. take our, you know, we, we just take our time, and, or you know, sometimes we may end up with the limited beliefs and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned some of the things that you do and that you did in terms of positioning yourself, um, mm-hmm. you know, biblically, you know, um, studying and all of and all of the things that you did. Mm-hmm. And so I could say that, I, like, I'm, it's, it, it's, it's, I'm glad to see that you're doing. I guess I don't think I, I mean, this is definitely a unique ministry. Very. <laughs> Because, you know, mm-hmm. we have some people say, I don't want no new friends, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at one point we were in that era where so many people were saying that they don't want any new friends. And so mm-hmm. doing that. And then also when you talk about it professionally, um, talk. I want you to talk to someone who may be tuning in and they may be struggling from the marketplace, you know, even sometimes it's being on the job because, you know, the job could be on the marketplace could be kind of, I don't know what mm-hmm. the call is, but it could be something else, right? Um, and they may mm-hmm. be tuning in and they're struggling. I just want you just to give them um, some advice as to how they can, you know, have better friendships just to even be able to function better in the marketplace. 
Oh, yes, that's so good. So this really, um, you know, God really put this on my heart towards uh, between, I want to say the last two and a half years, God has um, really set on my heart the whole marketplace thing and really people starting to focus on building professional friendships. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, this year I went ahead and I launched um, Friendly Hills Academy, which is going to have a professional friendship corner where I help people um, I help people build better relationships professionally, whether you're a small business owner or maybe you're a supervisor at work. And if you're not a supervisor, maybe you aspire to be a leader in your workplace, your nine-to-five or wherever you're putting in your time and you want to grow. Um, I, I'm in a place where I believe in consulting and helping people cultivate those relationships in the markets marketplace and in those areas because that's what's going to help you grow. That's what's going to take you from one position to the next. That's what's going to take your business from one level to the next, your ability to network and really build relationships that are not just transactional. I do Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, bartering is cool. Having transactions is cool. Meeting someone that could do this is cool, but it's really in those spaces where you have built real relationships, friendships, professional ones, with people, like-minded individuals who want to grow just as you, where you're going to see the most fruit at work. And and it really um, it really was highlighted for me when I would, like, coach uh, clients personally on friendship. And, you know, I'd ask them little questions and, and, and we'll, we'll dive into what's going on with certain friendships or a situation or an issue or even trauma from the past or a friendship breakup or something. And I will tell you now – maybe about 60 to 60 to 70 percent of the people that I've coached, those friends, they've met at work. They've met at work. They've met through a business networking event. It's something dealing with the marketplace somehow. And studies do show that majority of, uh, I want to say about 45 percent, of the people that we do meet and become friends with is from work. And I think the next highest one is school, education. But it's not necessarily online. It's not your neighbors outside that you live with down the street. It's it's most likely going to be work or it's going to be um, a learning environment. So God started to highlight that. And another thing, too, that really confirmed that God has really prepared me for this and put me in this position to do this is because a lot of people don't know um, I've been an investigator uh, for a district or for the state of Florida for about 10 years now, and right now I investigate internal affairs. So I investigate things and situations and issues that happen in the workplace. So that could be between staff members, um, you know, going at it, you know, having a cat fight or cussing each other out, lack of communication, you name it, you know, that's what I investigate for a living on top of what I do as a friendship coach. So I'm already a friendship coach at work, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so with, you know, with the consulting side, you know, that that's what my, God opened my eyes to. So I want to encourage the person that's thinking, okay, oh, my God, like not only do I want to have good friends at home, but I also want to have good business friends. I want to have friends who are business and and, and entrepreneurial, um, you know, minds. They have that mindset or they're oriented in that way. I would encourage you to just 
look at it as just a stepping stone. I think too many people are afraid to build friendships in the workplace. But the reality is, because of how work is set up now, it's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. So you have to have that mindset where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to meet people. I'm going to bond with people at work. Why not bond with them with boundaries? And that's really what a professional Mm -hmm. friend is or someone in the marketplace is. Um, It's really finding ways to bond with people in a special way, but there's a boundary where they're not as personal. But that doesn't mean that they can't become a personal friend. Most of the times that's what happens if you do it the right way and you guys respect each other. You end up finding really, really great friends in the marketplace whether it's through business or where you work, but your perspective has to change. A lot of people would just like say they don't want new friends. They'd be like, well, I don't, I don't, I didn't come here to make friends. I didn't come to this job to make friends. But what people understand is that's how I got most of my promotions. The people that I met at a job for like whether they came in for a year and we connected for a year and they left the job, those are the people that will call me back a year or two later and be like, Hey Sam, how you doing? Uh, do you, you know, I have we have a position here in X Y Z, and that's how I got the job I, I have now because I had I made I had a professional friendship with someone that we had a great bond, and when they left and got hired somewhere else, and an opportunity became available, the first person they thought about was me, mm-hmm. and I I I didn't even really have to do much to get that job, to be quite honest. And how are you going to be remembered? How are people going to think about you? And we want our names to be mentioned in the room, but we don't want to create or build these professional, you know, friendships with people in the marketplace. We, I think we need to start taking that a little bit more seriously because it's not just about personal friendships because your bestie, your best friend back home that known you for 10 years may not be able to open the door that's going to, you know, help your future or the, the next 10 years to come. You need new people. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that that's the, that's the advice that I would give for starters. You know, there's so many layers to it when it comes to um, the whole professional and market friends in the marketplace thing, which, you know, I'll be, you know, launching more and more stuff and more content about that because that's something that I'm working on right now with my team. But for starters, Start changing your mindset and how you look at making friends in the workplace or in the business world. That's a really good advice because, you know, even when you talk about work, we spend most of our waking hours to work, right? <laughs> yes, we do. You know? So it, it does make sense, like you said, to change your mindset as to how you look at friendship and not just necessary, not just look at it as transactional. Yes, you know, some people may just be transactional, but to look at it a bit more. And then also when you talk about elevating in leadership and, and all of these different positions, you definitely have to be able to build relationships. One of the keys to, especially when you talk about leadership, is someone who's able to build relationships. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even they have to really learn to and know how to build relationships. So definitely thank you so much for uh, that advice mm-hmm. would have, that you would have given. Now, one of the things I want, and at least for me personally, I feel as though people don't value relationships <laughs> much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I know this world that we're living in, I really can't say. But, you know, whether it's um, platonically or even romantically, do you feel the same way? 
Yeah. <laughs> I always say this all the time. I'm like, especially for women, I don't know about men because I can only speak for the women, but we'll give Bo, Bo, Bojo and Bozo a million chances in a romantic relationship after he done cheated, he done, you know, abused us, and he done love-bombed us and gaslit us and all these things. But our friends make one mistake or they say one wrong thing or they misinterpret one thing, we cut them off. We don't have grace for friendship. And the reason we don't have grace for friendship is because we were always taught that, oh, well, everybody ain't going to be your friend. Oh, you need to cut them off. Well, the minute you see this, you see that. Yeah, let them go because we don't need friends, and that ain't your friend. So we're so used to that narrative that when someone doesn't, they're not perfect in a friendship, we just cut them off. But, oh, oh, let Bozo come and he does what he do. Oh, that's a, that's a good man, Savannah. He's a good man. Um, yeah, just give him a chance. He didn't he didn't have a dad. Um, we come up with every excuse, okay, <laughs> to save Bozo. But when it comes to Bestie, we we, we just cut off because you ain't you know it, nah. Everybody can't be your friend. Okay, I understand there's a there's a boundary for that and there's a place for that. But where is the vetting? Where is the work? What what did you do to ensure? that you know this person just doesn't have the capacity to be your friend. Because a lot of times it's usually mm-hmm. just a lack of communication. It's usually a misinterpreted, um, you know, statement or conversation. Like this person may be going through something that you have no idea what yeah. they're going through because the reality is we're all living, we're all living our lives. We're mm-hmm. all in a war. We're all battling mm-hmm. every single day, and we don't know the intricates of what someone may be going through. And the real question is, are you sitting down to really dissect the situation before you make a decision to let it go? Because I, I, I tell you what, when you walk into your job and you don't feel like being at work today or you don't like your job or you're not happy with it, you're still going to you still gonna work and you're still yeah. going to show up tomorrow. Uh, you're going to try and figure out, like, can I stay at this job because you need the money and you value the job. You don't just walk out on your job just because somebody pissed you off. You don't just shut down your business just because yeah. you didn't you didn't get what you wanted today. You put effort, you find ways, and you strategize to to see how you can continue to build this relationship. It's a relationship nevertheless, but when it comes to friendship, we lack the understanding and value of what those friendships really mean and what they can do for our lives, and so we just give it up altogether. And so I try to focus, you know, in my coaching or anything that I put out, just building that value and what how friendship really is important for our mental health. It's important for uh, our life decisions. It's important for our business. It's important for our families. It's important for our kids. It's just it's foundationally the most important relationship out there. Mm-hmm. That's true because even when you talk, when you um, think about God, one of the things yes. and I always say this all of the time, I truly believe one of the reasons why he doesn't have it, whereas you can do everything by yourself. You don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a reason mm-hmm. why he more or less has us really dependent to a certain extent on different people for different things because he really wants yep. to, he values relationships. He really, really does. You know, even in creating 
even Adam, and I know we've romanticized it because, you know, Adam said what he said when he recognized her, but at the same time, the first words that came out of God's uh, God's mouth was, you know, man should not be alone. He didn't typically define it, but this is a foundation, and I do believe even at that junction when God created that, he was saying, okay, y'all, you, you can't be alone. You do need a friend. You do need a helpmate. You need someone that's going to help you. Also, even with, you know, the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying, leaving back the Holy Spirit, this is this is our friend. This is somebody that, you know, God left to guide us and walk alongside us always, you know, and, and you know, and just Jesus, when he walked this earth and had the human experience, he was a friend of sinners, you know. He was a friend, and he met people exactly where they were at. He built friendships. You get what I'm saying? And that it's just so important, and I think people just don't understand the value of that. And also, not to go into a tangent, but this is like another thing that I'm always thinking about when it comes to friendship is, we talk so much about receiving a harvest from God, and we want God to give us a harvest, and God, we want you to fill the nets and all this stuff. But when you read that passage of Scripture about the nets being full, they they had to call people over to help. You get what I'm saying? Like they couldn't hold that. They couldn't catch all that fish. One person can't catch all that fish. And the reality is it doesn't matter how much God gives you in harvest. If you don't have the support system, the friends, the covenant friendships, the business relationships, and people around you to carry that harvest, you are going to lose it. That's yeah. why a lot of people go viral and they don't really they don't really know how to handle it, or they try to sell something and then the system crash because they didn't have the right people around them to build the system to build what they needed to build in order to catch the harvest when it came. You weren't prepared. Mm-hmm. You weren't prepared, and that's how important. Friendships and relationships are, you know, specifically friendships because what are you going to do when a harvest comes? You're going to need the right accountant. You're going to need the right lawyer. You're going to need the right trademarking attorney. You're going to need the right – you're just going to need the right people around you. You're going to need the right therapist because you're going to need somebody to talk to. You're going to need the praying friend because you need a friend that's going to go to bat and go to war for you and fast with you. You need all these different people to handle a harvest. You can't just become a multimillionaire and think you're just going to be regular begging by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's my biggest prayer is, like, God, make sure when you elevate me that I'm surrounded by every single person that you need me to be surrounded by at that time because I don't want to fail you. I don't want to fail you in what you've you've given me and what you've called me to carry. I want to make sure I have those friends that's going to carry me left and right, take me through the roof or whatever. I need those people. Mm-hmm. And we don't pray that prayer. No. <laughs> we don't. You know? We don't pray that prayer. We pray for the harvest, though. Mm-hmm. We pray for the harvest, and, and 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 it's coming. Granted, it's coming, but when it comes, what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Who you gonna call? <laughs> wow, you know. So that's why I stress it so much because people say, "Oh, it's lonely at the top," but it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And then you don't need a whole bunch of people at the top with you, but you can have a handful of people that you trust and you adore and you know they care 
about you and your spirit and everything you've been you've been called to carry. Those are the right people, covenant relationships that God has like really, you know, chosen for you. You don't have to get to the top and be alone. No. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So it's very important. People don't value it enough. And, you know, that's what I believe that I've been called to really, you know, push and stress and really just bring value back to friendship. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, he's taking back to the foundation, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the foundation. And, and you know, it's so um, critical, like a lot of things that you shared, um, especially how you broke down, you know, the, the net and then needing these people, because at the end of the day, you, you really going to need, you need people to help you. You know, no one mm-hmm. person can do everything. And like I mentioned before, I truly believe God intentionally did it that way, just so we can be interdependent on one another. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, thank you so much for just sharing that and just really, really dissecting the word because, you know, I know you're a prophet and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but we come with yeah. that. <laughs> we come with that. <laughs> we want to come into that. Thank you. You know, congratulations on being the author of the Friendship Pill of the Day. I just want you yeah. to tell us just a little bit about this um, about this book, about this devotional. Oh my gosh! Okay, so Friendship Pillar today, I it started as just a video thing where God was like, get you know, go online and give them like a friendship tip. But what a lot of people don't understand or know, like how deep this is, right? So. I went to uh, I went to school. Originally, I wanted to become a doctor. That was my mm-hmm. life career dream. I um, I graduated with um, biology and chemical science. So I am a science geek. I love science. I love math. That you know, yeah. and so I went to school for that. And I graduated, and the plan was for me to go to medical school. But mm-hmm. somehow, some way, after I graduated, I came back home. Um, and I just landed, I ended up being um, an investigator. So I landed in the job, but it was temporary because I'm like, okay, I'm going to study for the medical, um, you know, state board exam so that I can get into medical school. And it just wouldn't, it just never happened, right? And so I remember while I was um, going through my prophetic process and going to, you know, and getting ordained as a prophet and going through the whole process, God told me that I was a doctor in the spirit. Mm. He told me I was a doctor and a spirit and that I would heal people um, by the words and what I release and what he tells me to do. And so friendship pill of the day is literally um, what I like to say um, a prescription to heal the heart. And the crazy thing about it is um, the, the, the Bible talks about the commandments and how we need to, you know, treat our neighbors and love, you know, love yourself as you love your neighbor. But if you look at the Hebrew meaning for commandment, it, it also means to prescribe, to mm. prescribe. So it's almost like the commandments are a prescription from God to us. These are the things that God is prescribing to you. If you take these things, you shall heal, you shall receive, you shall, you know, all these great things. And so God gave me that revelation, like this pill is a prescription and it's part of the commandment. So if you have to love yourself as you love your neighbor, 
you have to take a friendship pill a day. And it's usually really, really hard to swallow. And, you know, most of my pills are, I try to be very, like, direct and straight to the point when I give my friendship pills. And so it's not always the sweetest thing, but it's definitely what your heart needs in the moment in order to get over a friendship hurdle. So I did um, Friendship Pillar of the Day, which is a devotional. You can pretty much just pop it open, read a pill, and it'll give you the pill. There's a there's symptoms on there, or just a, a section where it gives you the symptoms, things you might notice um, if it's in relation to this pill. Um, there's also a word cure because I believe that the word of God can cure anything. So there's a scripture, there's a word cure in there to kind of give you um, something to read and 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 really meditate on concerning the pill. And then there's a section where you can write your prayers, you can write your any updates, any progress, and things of that sort. So, yeah, so that's how Friendship Pillar Today was uh, was founded. It, it, yeah, it is really deep. It really has to do a lot with my love for science and just healing people and helping people heal and get better. But God just used it prophetically to be a thing that I use for for friendships and to administer pills that would help people, you know, one dose at a time to get better at becoming better friends. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. And, I, and, you know, and as I listen to you speak, you, you know, it's like you could always tell when something is God-ordained or something is from God. And as I listen mm-hmm. to you, and you know you breaking it down and I was like wow like this thing like this is truly um definitely from God and you know I've seen some of your friendships um pill up the day but child listen to me you know it's really <laughs> sometimes they are hard pills to swallow mm-hmm. right? um, but definitely yeah. like you said you know it, it truly needed the way how you deliver it because sometimes if you you know if you always sugarcoat and things sometimes people really just they, they don't get it but then you know, yeah. um, of course, no direct. But then still, um, you still do it with a, a level of love that you know, persons mm-hmm. are able to receive it. And so you know, keep yeah. those um, friendship pills of the day coming. <laughs> and I definitely want to. Yes, you have an opportunity to you know share where a person can get it from. But I definitely want to encourage everyone to purchase the friendship pill of the day. You, I mean, if you follow her online. You're definitely gonna enjoy the 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 devotional, and so that yes, yes, yes. It's on Amazon. It's just you type it in there, friendship pillar of the day. It'll come right up. It's on Amazon if anybody wants it. <laughs> awesome. Now, for you, I know that you know when we talk about life and you know the new thing and life, lifing now. Um, so we have a lot of things that's happening. We've, you know, persons have accomplished, and, I've, and I know you've accomplished a whole lot as well. And I know that nothing comes easy, especially when it's God ordained. What would you say would have been your toughest or your biggest challenge thus far, and how did you navigate that season of your life? <laughs> I think, oh, wow. Um I think the toughest season for me, because uh, what I do is so unique and it's so different. Um, it's really it's unorthodox. It's not the it's not the type of anointing that many people can relate to. Even though it, when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, we need that. But at the same time, it's not like something that people really understand. So when I first 
was given the vision to even start a friendship movement or even become a friendship coach, people was looking at me like I was crazy, and they didn't understand. Like, they would be like, well, what's a friendship coach? But I'm like, well, what does it sound like it is? You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's like when you're starting something that's so new and so unique and people aren't used to seeing it, there's Mm -hmm. no example, you know. The market is not saturated with, you know, all these people that, you know, love coaches and life coaches. This is a, I'm very specific. This is a friendship coach. It was really hard for me to um to jump through that hurdle. On top of that, all of, like, the religious things that I had learned as a, a babe in Christ that I had to really unlearn and really just build my personal relationship with with God and with Christ and really allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me through this, through the good and the bad, learning the good and the bad. And I think a lot of times we think the Holy Spirit is just going to have us walk through paradise to get where we need to go. And then if if we're not walking through paradise, then it ain't the Holy Spirit. No, sometimes you got to walk through the wilderness. you got to walk through the mud. you got to walk through different seasons to really understand and be groomed and trained in the Spirit so that you can understand what God is showing you when he takes you to a certain place. So those that that was the toughest season for me is really pushing through when no one understood, when no one believed, when no one, under you know, uh, supported. You know, I, I lost, as a matter of fact, when I started Pure Friendships, those friends that I had before, I lost them. You know, I went from having a birthday dinner of like 30-some-odd people to the, from one year to the next year only having two people at my table. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And that was after I started Pure Friendships. And, you know, I can't really define or explain what it was because I wasn't, like, pushing people away or trying to be this, you know, bad person or, like, I wasn't treating people in any any type of way. It's just, you know, sometimes when you have an anointing on your life or when you're called to something different that people don't, they don't understand, they're not going to get on the train with you. Yeah. They're not going to – they're not going to – get in a car or a vehicle with you that they do not understand, nor do they see the destination. No one's coming, you know. But I under I had to learn that it's okay. If God is sending me, and, and I thought that I could take all my friends, God told me, he was like, no, I, I told you to do this. I didn't tell you to start this, this movement with your friends. This is, this is your calling. And so once I took that and continued to move, that's when God started to show me, okay, like now other people are coming. This is who I need you to be connected to. Some friends came back. You know, sometimes I was able to reconcile with some people, you know, after I got to where I was going because now they could be like, oh, okay, well, that's where she went. You get what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, okay, that, since that's where she went. Oh, now I want to go. I want to come too. And that's just part of, you know, allowing people to witness. You know, allowing people to witness and see where God is taking you, and I had to get go through that season of shedding and losing friends, people that I love dearly, you know, and, and letting go of, of a different lifestyle that I used to have and letting go just of, of a lot of things to do something that's so unique that people didn't believe in. And some people still don't believe in it, and they still don't see it, but I have to – those people need to see me even higher. You get what I'm saying? They need to see me in a whole nother capacity and that's just how it goes. And so that was my toughest, toughest season. It took prayer, a lot of fasting, a, a lot of surrendering to God, a lot of crying, okay, a lot of crying. And it definitely took, you know, me having a few friends that I thank God for to this day 
in my corner, uh, you know, supporting me behind the scenes, praying for me, encouraging me, and reminding me of the calling that God has on my life. Mm. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, too, why I always tell people, whatever you're saying that God has given to you to do, ministry-wise or movement-wise, you have to truly know and believe that that's what he's calling you to. Because if not, you know, when you go through those seasons when persons don't understand, they're looking at you crazy, if you're not careful, you would actually drop what God is telling you to do because it doesn't look like what everyone else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And in most cases, a lot of people, they they want to be accepted, and then sometimes they, they, they want to look like everyone else. But... Mm-hmm. God is calling you to stand out, you know, going to look like everybody else, <laughs> right? And so it's good to see that, you know, and even in those moments, you kept anchored in God and just really allowed him to, to finish, develop you, prune you and everything else during that time, you know, just really surrendering to that process to now, you know, being that individual that he's called you to be. Of course, you're still constantly growing, but even... Like I said, as, as I'm listening to you share about this whole, you know, about the whole friendship, like it's really opened up my eyes to, to different things. Mm-hmm. You have me examining some stuff yeah. as well. And so it's truly, um, truly, truly a blessing. Like you mentioned, it's definitely an unorthodox. Um, and I would definitely say that you continue to keep doing it because, you know, it's definitely mm-hmm. changing people's lives from all over the place, you know, um, just nations and everything else. So definitely congratulations you for that listen i can't stop at this point (laughs) there's no turning back there's no turning back you know this is this is what it is and this is what it's going to continue to be on a greater scale i'm just allowing god to take me as far as he wants to take me concerning this um because i do understand that it's a mandate for me at this point there's really no backing down there's no shutting down and there's no doubt I don't have that. I don't have doubt anymore in what God has called me um, to be or do. You know, I just try to stay level-headed and make sure I discern where God wants me to go because the enemy has a way of pulling you in one direction and pulling you in, in, in one place when God really wants you to go somewhere else with the anointing. So that's my only, you know, day-to-day, you know, battle and making sure that I'm I'm headed in the right direction. But as far as going, oh, I'm going. Like, there's no turning back. <laughs> yes, yes. Good to see you to keep, keep going, you know, continuing to build, that, you know, for yes. sure. Now, you know, we mentioned briefly that you are a prophet. So how do you manage, you know, being, especially when you're a prophet, like, you see so much stuff, right? Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. that you see. Um, so how do you manage, you know, the, the prophet side of you, the, the, the coach side of you, the friend mm-hmm. side of you? Like how, do you how do you manage? I, I, I wouldn't even ask balance because somewhere along the lines, you know, you just can't balance. I, I, feel, I feel we manage. So how do you manage all of that? So, you know, the, the thing about my prophetic gift and um, me being a prophet it's um everybody has a, a way or they're called to a different you know different mantle when it comes to being a prophet you know you might be a prophet in the marketplace you might be a prophet 
you know, just, a, you know, in, in times profit where you can see things that are to come. So you're, you're called to go warn people. And, you know, there's different uh, characters when it comes to being a prophet. And for me, it's definitely for friendship and relationship. So I can see different things. I can see, you know, if I, if I see two people, I can see what's going on between those two people within the relationship or even relationships of my own. And I can pick up certain things. And God speaks to me through dreams. He gives me names. He, you know, he warns me before I go to certain places, uh, showing me different faces and things like stuff like that. When it happens, I know that, you know, God has me on a specific assignment for prayer. And sometimes it's for even deliverance. And deliverance for me does not have to be what every time how we see it in the church where it's a laying of hands and some, you know, somebody manifesting of some sort. Deliverance for me sometimes happens through just a regular conversation, me Mm -hmm. making sure I speak to that person once I see them and allow them to see God and even to encourage them or motivate them of some type of way. It just depends on what God calls me to. So for me, I understand that my prophetic gift doesn't look like what it looks like for everybody else at the pulpit and what it looks like in church for everybody else. And that's something that I had to learn because God literally had to train me in my prophetic gift. And he's still training me for where he's taking me. But I know that a lot of times people in the church will get caught up in trying to be a prophet like they see it or a prophet like they've, they've, they've known or learned. But really, your prophetic gift is for the, these times. And God has a way, if you're called to prophecy, he has a way of using you. He needs to use us all differently. We all can't be the same. So um, it, it's, it's your job. <laughs> it's your job to learn the prophet that you are and what God, how and what God wants to use you for and start to train and practice in that. And for me, it has been relationships and really being obedient when God shows me something, what he wants me to pray for and where I'm headed and being obedient in that. So a lot of my my prophecy or my prophetic work comes just through day-to-day conversation. I could meet somebody at work. I, I meet people in Uber sometimes. It's a prophetic exchange. You know, it just really all depends. And so I balance it because, I won't say balance, but I don't let it, I don't let it, I don't separate it too much um, mm-hmm. is, is what I don't do. It's a part, it's a part of my life. The thing is, we try so hard to be like, oh, I prophesied this and I prophesied that. Or, oh, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is showing me this and da da da. And we, we, we make it really churchy. But mm. what if God gives you a download and you just go up to the person and you just start talking to them? Yeah. You don't even have to say it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe in the future you could, but it just really depends on where you're meeting the person at. Because if they don't know the Holy Spirit and if they don't know God and they don't know certain things, but what they do know is that you just motivated them or you just told them something about themselves that they didn't think anybody knew and they're able to really open up and accept prayer from you in that moment. It's just how do you approach it? And I think we try to separate being a prophet so much from being a person Mm -hmm. that um, it makes it hard for you to juggle. And for me, Listen, when I look at Jesus and how he walked mm-hmm. as 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 a prophet, he spoke to everybody. Yeah, he used parables and stuff, but he wasn't like he wasn't like doing all this extra stuff and separating 
his gifts from his person. He was he was a prophet, but he was a prophet person, and he was friendly to everyone, and he was willing to have conversations, deep conversations with people, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I for me, I I try to make it as as normal as possible, you know. Sometimes it's, it's not normal, and of course we have those moments where we just gotta say what we gotta say, and it's just it's out, you know. It seems like it's crazy because you gotta say it, but. Most of the time, God is going to have you relate to people in a normal way. Mm-hmm. A normal way enough for them to be like, wow, wow, thank you for that. Or thank you, oh, wow, how did you know that? Without it being like super churchy and so separated from day-to-day life, you know? And the Bible even says that. Don't make yourself so spiritually high that you can't even you can't even relate to the folks down here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's how I I I I'm able to juggle it. I try not to separate who I am as a prophet from the person. I just let it be normal. But I'm not like, oh, I prophesy this everywhere I go. No, <laughs> I just I just speak. I just speak what I see, what I hear, and I'll be like, you know what? I think this, and mm-hmm. me thinking that is literally my spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just saying that they're able to to receive it. You know, and you mentioned something that was so powerful in terms of even the deliverance is coming through conversation. And I think a lot of people don't realize just even in conversations, like you mentioned, persons, you mm-hmm. know, they could get deliverance. They could get unstuck just by conversation. You know, and they're not mm-hmm. rolling all over the floor, you know, laying hands, you know, slapping the oil all over them. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's really not all of that, you know. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, thank you so yeah. much for- this has definitely been an amazing conversation. Um, but, but before we go, I just want you just to provide our listening audience with some final advice tonight. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, if you are in a place where whether you have great friends or you feel like you want to build better friendships or maybe you feel like you want to just open your circle a little bit more, you feel like there's more to relationships, um, I just want to encourage you to put it in prayer. A lot of times we're not praying for our friendships, and it's those who sit down and say, God, I want better friends. I want to be surrounded by the right sisterhood. On top of that, I want to meet the right partnerships, the right collaborations, Mm -hmm. connections, and covenant partners that are going to, or destiny helpers, so to speak, that are going to help me get to where you're taking me because I know that I can't catch the fish alone. I know that I can't carry this this net alone, Lord, so I want you to help me. And, where, and, and, and that help doesn't mean that this person is just going to fall from the sky. I want to also let y'all know, friendship pillar of the day, quote, unquote, friendship pillar of the day, uh, it might come with some sharpening, and it might hurt. Mm. And that means you're asking God for these people. Understand that you are going to be challenged. You know, yeah. you can't say, I want millionaire friends and think they're not going to ask you how you're budgeting your money. And you need to, you know, look at how you spend or what time are you waking up? Are you working out? You know, just different things about our character, who we are, how we're living day to day. These people are going to come into your life and they're going to sharpen you. If you really want your friends to ship you somewhere during the friendship, you're going to require some type of change, challenge of some mm-hmm. sort. 
It's not going to be easy, but this is what you prayed for. You prayed for God to send you people who are going to mold you to become everything that he's called you to be because you can't sharpen yourself. Nobody cuts themselves and they feel great about it. Mm -hmm. You have to have people come in and help you and sharpen you to become everything that God's calling you to be. But you have to pray for that. You have to expect it when it comes, and you have to be willing and ready for what it comes with. You know, just like a relationship. You know, a new job is going to require you to work and put in effort. You know that if you find, you know, your your partner, your husband, the marriage is going to require work. It's the same thing with friendship. When that friendship comes around that you prayed and asked God for, understand that it's going to require work to sustain it, and it's also going to require work for you guys to get somewhere. So mm. that's my last bit of advice. <laughs> that was so powerful. You know, you have to work at it, you know, and of course, you know, we always ask God for these things, and we're not really prepared for what we ask for. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so thank you so much just for sharing that and just, you know, letting persons know, listen, when these people come, they're going to challenge you, you know, because yeah. something challenge you, challenges you, that doesn't mean that they're not for you. <laughs> it's yeah. that mm-hmm. If you want good friends to, to take you to the next level, they're going to challenge you. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely thank you so much for that. Of course, thank you for joining me tonight. And, you know, you empowered us, you encouraged our, me as well as our listening audience. But before we go, I just want you to let our listeners know of any upcoming events that you may have as well as how they can stay connected with you or to you on your social media handles. Yes, absolutely. So um, on most uh, social platforms, it's at Pure Friendships with an S, um, and that's on Instagram. And I believe on TikTok and Facebook, it's The Friendship Enthusiast. Um, you can follow me there. And once you go on um, any of my platforms, if you're following, I may not, you know, be able to see every single person. So if you could please just click on the link in my bio and add your name to my friends list. That would really help because that you know you then I could have you in you know my email list and my community. So when there are events and things coming up, you'd be the first person to know. I do have two events this week. One of them is virtual. It's called the Esther of This Generation, and I'll be opening that event um, on Wednesday, the October twenty fifth, um, virtually. The tickets are online on my uh, in my the link in my bio. If you want to attend the virtual event. And then I also have a in-person event here in Miami, Florida, this weekend called uh, She So Fresh, and uh, we'll be having like pretty much a refreshing week weekend where we talk about sisterhood growth and just honoring God. So that's what I have coming up now. And um, next year, if you click the link in the bio, you also find this. I have a friendship retreat that mm-hmm. I am co-hosting in Negril, Jamaica. Yeah. So. <laughs> if you want, if you want to be in Jamaica, one, you know, just, <laughs> just just click the link in the viral to find out more about that. Um, and 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 fun fact, I don't know are, where are you. Where are you located? Are you in um, Bahamas? Yes, I am. The same place where you were born in the Bahamas. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say that. Fun tip: I was born in Nassau, Bahamas, and I have family there. Yes, I'm I'm Haitian Bahamian, but yeah. yes, me, my mom, and my dad, we was all born in um 
we were born in Nassau, so. Um, but yeah, so yeah, those are the events. It, you know, I'm, I I try to engage with as much, as much people as possible. So of course, if you're just coming to the platform, just say, hey, I heard you on on the radio. I heard you. Just let me know where you came from so I can know, you know, who you are. But I try to engage with everybody. But for sure, put your name on the friends list so that I can, whenever I send something out and I'm doing something, whether it's a virtual thing or I have a few books that's coming as well, so you can be the first person to know. Awesome. So everyone, be sure to go ahead and follow her. Get on the friends list. You don't want to miss what all she has going on. And definitely, everyone, thank you for tuning in today to today's amazing show. I mean, it was so amazing. With my special yeah. guest, Samantha the Liberal. Um, you know, this is the show where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. If this is your first time tuning in, I pray it won't be your last. Look forward to hearing yeah. me every week, every week, because I have amazing guests on the show, and they come and they really inspire you all. If you desire to connect with me, you can do so on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, under Tavara Johnson, or Dr. Tavara Johnson. Or you can visit my website at TavaraJohnson.com, or you can send me a DM, and I look forward to connecting with you all. So everyone have a wonderful evening and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.